Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. And this, believe it or not, it's kind of sad. This is the last session of our real series. Aw. But we're going to, next week, we have an awesome group coming in called the Traveling Team. And they're going to talk about God's heart for the world and how you can use your life to make an impact in the world. And we, we're in chapter five. And the great thing I love about this series is we're not only talking about it on Tuesday nights, but we're also studying them on Thursday nights or whenever the heck your life group is. Okay, the Greek legacy, all your houses and all that. But we are, we're taking it and we're studying like today, we're just going to study two verses, and we're going to expand on it and see what it says to our life. And then on Thursday night, you're going to go over the whole chapter and kind of dissect that. So let me pray, and then we're going to jump into what I have to say. Father, um, I'm humbled by this topic, um, prayer, and it's something that I'm still trying to figure out, Lord. And so I, I pray that you would, your spirit would guide me, you would lead me to say what I plan to say, and if there's anything you don't want me to say, that you would help me not to. And uh, if there's anything that you want me to say, um, just as we're going, Lord, that you would give that to me. And so I really do pray that you would help everyone to concentrate and to understand. And Lord, we would be um, drawn in to this experience with you and, and just getting to know you better in a deeper, deeper way of praying and, and knowing you and experiencing you in answers to prayer. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you all have a little handout. And on the top of your handout, there's one passage. We're going we're gonna to read this like five or six times at, after each point. So let's just read it right here. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. It's kind of a, a tongue twister there. But basically, man, there's a phrase there that I want you to underline is whatever we ask. Man, that sounds pretty all-inclusive to me. Really? Like, I want to get in on some of that. Whatever we ask, whatever you ask, there's a few caveats to it. It's according to his will. And, but this is a confidence that we can have when we're praying to God. When you pray, do you have confidence? Do you have this connection with God where when you pray, you're expecting him to do what you're praying about? Or do you need to work on it? If, if you're like me, I need to work on it. When I pray, I need, to, I need a boost of confidence. And I hope tonight, this, this session, I got back from Hawaii, so everything's an epic session, okay, y'all? Um, so there's three people in this room. There's people that would see this, this verse, this passage, and think, well, I don't know. I don't even know if God's real. I, there's skeptics in here. And let me just say, if you're a skeptic in here, like, I'm glad you're here. Like, this is a great place, a great community. We want to be a safe place where you can ask your questions and you can learn and you can discover. And then there's others of us in here that we're Christians. We've been walking with God or had a relationship with God for a while, but we kind of read, our eyes kind of glaze over when we read passages like this because we haven't really experienced it in our life. And we're kind of skeptical also, but... On the outside, we're saying, mm-hmm, amen, uh-huh. But we, we haven't really experienced it. And then there's a third person in here, and that's someone that has experienced this over and over again in your life. This is, this is like someone could put this as a piece on your gravestone, <laughs> you know, where God, I want to live the kind of life that can be only described 
by God did that. That can only be described by divine intervention. God swooped in and God did something in Paul's life that only God could do. I want to live the kind of life that only God could get glory for. So is your daily life, your life, marked by passionate prayer, confident prayer, faith-filled prayer? Is your daily and your regular life, do you see answers to prayer? Like, think about it. When was the last answer to prayer that you've seen? Like, we should be seeing those as a regular part of our life. You can, actually, you can regularly see God answer prayers in your life. Now, in the last 15 years, I've been growing in my prayer life. I've been digging in. I've been trying to get better and better at praying. In the last 15 years, I'm not exaggerating. I've seen hundreds of answers to prayer. I've, I've seen God just do the impossible, and I've seen God do the not as miraculous, <laughs> but, I, but I, when, you, when you pray for specific things, man, that is a joy-filled life. I want that for every one of you. I want a life where you get to know God. You know, it's, but the only thing that's better than seeing answers to prayer is to get to know the one that's giving the answers. The only thing better than getting answers is getting to know the giver. And that's what prayer is all about. I think that might be why God made prayer such a thing <laughs> that we needed to do is because he, want, he knew that's what it would take for us to spend time with him and relate to him. And the greatest thing, uh, I've seen amazing answers to prayer. I could literally talk all night about different answers to prayer I've seen, but that's not the best thing about prayer. Like the, the best thing about prayer is through this process of growing and learning and walking with God, like I know God, like I have this intimacy with him that I've developed over the years of getting in to his word and praying and experiencing him work. And I want that more than anything for all of you guys. The best thing about prayer, it's not about accomplishing something. It's about being with someone. Prayer is not about accomplishing something. It's about being with someone. It's actually less about what God's going to do out there. It's more about what God wants to do in here. It's what God is wanting to shape in your heart, in your life, as you learn to depend on him, as your faith. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He doesn't need our prayers, but he wants to shape us so we depend on him. Our prayer to him is our declaration of dependence on him. So the degree of your prayer life is the degree of your humility and your, your, you saying, I need you, God, to work in my life. So God is more concerned about changing you than your circumstances. So prayer, does it matter? Does it make a difference? You know it does, right? You, everyone in here would probably say, amen. If I said, does prayer matter? You say, amen, right? Amen. Okay, there we go. We're getting, getting crazy in here. Um, I would have said that too. If, if, when I was a sophomore, junior, freshman in college, um, if someone asked me, hey, Paul, do you believe prayer matters? I'd be like, amen, brother. But if you followed me around, I didn't pray hardly at all besides, hey, help that girl check me out or whatever, you know, like, I thank God for unanswered prayers, okay? But something's changed when I, I actually got the girl, um, and she was my girlfriend and now my wife. We've been married 11 years-ish, um, and she gave me this journal. I was going on this mission trip to Kenya. Some of y'all are going to Kenya. Raise your hand if you're going. Let's give them a hand. 
Yeah, this summer they're going. And I was going to Kenya for a mission trip, and she handed me this journal, and she said, Paul, I want you to pray for me. This is a journal you can pray for me in. And I don't care how long you pray for me, but I have this other journal right here, and I'm going to pray for you for 30 minutes a day while you're on your six-week trip. I was like, dude, she's a keeper. <laughs> Where's the ring? I got to go propose right now, okay? And she prayed for me. And you know what happened? Like, God did a work in my heart. God changed my heart that summer. I grew more that summer than I did, like, the entire last five years of my life. Like, it was insane. And it was just this little girl that was sitting there in Chico. She was in Chico over the summer. And she was just praying for me, laboring. We saw 50 people come to Christ that summer. It was almost like I would go into a room and like everyone in the room would, it would get super serious and we would share the gospel and like all of them would come to Christ. Then we'd come back the next day and do a Bible study, follow up with them, tell them more about Jesus. We were just like, the God was just moving in an incredible way. And then I decided to marry Christy. Obviously that's spoiler alert. Okay. And right before I married Christy, Joni, Christy's mom, handed me a journal and said, these are the prayers that I prayed for Christie's future husband. And I've been praying for, for you for the last many, many years. <laughs> and I was like, okay, anything good that you ever see in me, it's because of Christy and Joni and their prayers, okay? It's not anything good in me. So that got me thinking, like, maybe there is something to this prayer thing. Maybe when we pray, stuff happens that when we don't pray, it doesn't happen. Maybe, maybe prayer is, 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 this, is a big deal. And so I started reading books on prayer. I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I need to grow in prayer. And so I thought, maybe I'll start reading books on prayer. And so I started reading all these books, and I just got kind of hooked on the, on the topic. And so over the years, the last 15 years, I've, I'm not saying this to brag, but I've probably read about 100 books on prayer and biographies of prayer warriors and missionaries. And you, you guys want to hear what I learned about praying? You guys want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. I've learned that the best way to learn how to pray is to spend time praying. <laughs> okay. You can read a hundred books on prayer and it's just like swimming. You can read a hundred books on swimming and until you actually are in the water, you, you're not going to learn how to swim. The key to prayer is simply praying. A.W. Tozer. The key to prayer is simply praying. So spending, blocking out time in your schedule every day where it's just you and God. Now, I do encourage you to read books. Obviously, it's been really helpful for, for me, really inspiring for me. And I've also learned, as the more books I've read, the more life I've experienced, I've learned that it's impossible to exaggerate the importance of prayer. Prayer is something that is the, the fuel that just drives your entire Christian life. It is probably the thing that will make anything you're trying to do for God successful. So it's impossible to overemphasize prayer. Prayer can never be in excess. Okay, you can never do too much praying. You know, and so that was an amazing... So I want to encourage you, the most productive hour of your day is your time alone with God. You're mo the most productive more productive than your, your school, your studies, more, more important than showering, okay? Spending time alone with God. And I encourage you to block out 30 minutes. Maybe if you're crazy, block out an hour. I did that for a year. I blocked out an hour a day that I was trying to pray to God, and I was horrible at it, let me tell you. 
But I had that, that timer on in my phone, and I prayed. And, it, and by the end of that year, like, I knew God so much better. It's amazing what it's just a little bit of time in God's presence can do in your life. So I want to encourage you, a day that you do not connect with God in authentic prayer, in my opinion, is a wasted day. <laughs> like, if you don't really connect with him in a real way, like, why would you even want to be successful in the other areas of life if you don't know God better? Like, you want to get to know him. And that's what prayer is about. It's about knowing God. So First John, in this little passage, it gives us some more clues on how we can pray with confidence. So how to pray with confidence. The first thing is consider God's concern. Consider God's concern. Let's look at our passage again. This time, let's read it out loud together. You guys ready? This is the confidence. Come on. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Okay, that was okay. <laughs> Man, this is the amazing thing about God. You see this part that's underlined? We know that he hears us. So God has a universe to run, right? <laughs> he has, you know, the coronavirus to stop. He has all sorts of stuff on his plate. But he is completely, that's a crazy thing about God, is he can be stopping or dealing with a coronavirus issue, and he can be completely focused on you and your insecurity. He can be completely focused on you and your doubt. He can be completely focused on whatever it is, your test that's coming up. He cares about even the smallest detail of your life. Our God is not a distant God sitting up there in the galaxy. Our God is here. He's omnipresent. He is here. He is with you. He is ready to relate to you right here, right now. Whew. That just blows my mind. And the great thing about it, that would be kind of crazy and creepy if he wasn't good. But not only is he here, but he is crazy about you. Like, he loves you. The way I look at my children when they're sleeping, if I wasn't their dad, it would be creepy. <laughs> but I love them so much. And that is the way God looks at you. Like, there's nothing God wouldn't do for you. God, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. God loves you so much. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So God is always immediately available to you. He's not just the God of the universe. He's my God. He's not just the sovereign God. He's a personal God. He's with me every day, and he's never failed me. He, is always, he will never fail you. He wants to relate to you. He wants you to go through your day knowing him. You don't have to, to, to sing and shout. Singing's good. And if you, if you want to shout in prayer, that's fine. I've got nothing against it. You don't even have to close your eyes. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to come to challenge. You don't have to come to church to connect with God. You can connect with God anytime, anyplace. And you don't even have to complete a, a com, complete sentence. You can just think a general thought related to God, and he can just hear that and know exactly what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to think before you even think it, okay? So you can just walk in God's presence. You can know God. 
Matthew 6, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Oh God, you know, they're just like yelling out. Do not be like them, Jesus said, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So prayer shouldn't be stressful. It should be peaceful. It should be restful. It should be something like God knows. And so you just, actually, I've learned to just really enjoy prayer. I, when I go to my prayer time, I'm not trying to like rush and save the world in one prayer. I'm not trying to get through my list. I do get through my list. But the most important thing is just learning to rest in God's presence. Just enjoy God. First thing on your, on your prayer list is enjoy Jesus, okay? First, first thing on your, prayer, on your daily to-do list should be enjoy Jesus. Enjoy God. Get to know him better. So a lot of times I'm even, like, as I go through my day, it's not just during my prayer, my hour of prayer, 30 minutes of prayer every day. Like, why would you want that? I want 24 hours of God. I don't want one hour of God. I want to walk through my day practicing the presence of God. There's actually a great book by a guy named Brother Lawrence that wrote these journal entries about how he just walked through his day constantly praying, constantly lifting up little prayers, little breath prayers to God. And uh, here's a little um, quote from his, his little journal entries. He says, he's talking about God. He does not ask much of us, merely a thought of him from time to time. A little act of adoration, sometimes to ask for his grace, sometimes to offer him your sufferings, other other times to thank him for the graces past and present. He has bestowed on you in the midst of your troubles to take solace in him as often as you can. Lift your heart to him during your meals and when you're in company. In the least little remembrance will always be the most pleasing to him. One need not cry out very loudly. He, he is nearer to us than we think. I love that. Brother Lawrence understood that it's not about the big things necessarily. Sometimes it's just taking God and walking with God and praying to God as you go throughout your day. As I'm walking yesterday with my daughter, um, holding hands, we did a walk uh, on, in the park and I could just pray and thank God for her. Or pray, I, I was praying over her just very silently. It wasn't very elaborate. I'm just like, God, help her. Help her walk with you. So that's, that's kind of how it goes. You can just do prayer as you go. And then here's another thing, a quote I love for by him. He said, the time of business does not defer with me from the time of prayer. In the noise and clutter of my kitchen, he was a cook in a monastery. Um, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in greater t- tranquility as if I were on my knees at the blessed sacrament. So God is always with you. You can connect him for big things, for little things, because life happens really fast. And life is, you want God with you throughout your day, not just in one section of your day. You want them throughout your day. Charles Spurgeon said, since you are tempted without ceasing, pray without ceasing. Okay, the same amount that you're, you're worried. If you're worried, that's a, that's a bat, single, bat signal that it's time to pray, okay? If you start stressing about something, that shows, hey, it's time to pray. Time to, time to turn your thoughts to God. Next thing I see in this passage is surrender to God's will. Surrender to God's will. You notice it says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
anything according to his will. So God is not your genie, okay? He's not here. He's not like a vending machine where you punch in the right prayer and you get a Lamborghini, okay? You're probably not going to get a Lamborghini, okay, from God. It's just not how it works. God wants to give you far, something far better than houses and cars and success. God wants to give you himself. God wants you to give you a deeper relationship with himself, and he wants to use you to advance his kingdom. He wants to pour his spirit into your life and use you to make an incredible difference for God's kingdom. That is far better than any Lamborghini. Okay, my, my son, he's eight. He's obsessed with Lamborghinis. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So even before you were born, God had a plan to use you for his glory and his kingdom. There's nothing small or insignificant about that. But the, the thing is, the scary thing about this is that you can miss God's plan. You can miss God's will if you don't surrender to God's will. You can actually waste your life. It's very, very possible. And God has a plan for you. You just need to sink your will up. You need to let go of your will and pursue his. So how do you discover God's will? It's as simple as being faithful with what you know to do right now. That's how you discover God's will. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've watched this over and over in my life. Things that, as just taking one step at a time, where I've trusted God, I've tried to be obedient to whatever he said. And then the crazy thing has happens when you surrender to God's will, his dreams become your dreams. He actually plants his dreams in your heart. And so now the things that I'm doing, I would have never planned this life that I'm living right now for myself when I was your age. Like I, I probably, I would have pictured other things, but I, the joy and the peace and the, the fruit that I'm seeing right now is way better than anything I could have planned. And he puts things on your mind. I wish I had time to tell you about some things lately where God actually put, well, I'll tell you one. Okay. So Kenya, about a year ago, I was thinking about Kenya because I did that mission trip when I was a student. And I was like, the ministry's growing. We want to send more teams to other places around the world. And I was like, man, I'd love to send a team to Kenya, but I don't get out much. Like, I don't go overseas and like check out, hey, is there anyone to partner over here? So I, th I just had that thought and I was kind of praying about it with God. And then this year, randomly, I've been to Kenya twice with other people inviting me and paying my way to go there. I got to speak at a conference, and I met another guy that we're actually going to go serve with his organization. And what a coincidence. Isn't that random? All right? That, that God put this thing in my heart. Okay, the, the Fuel and the Flame, the book I'm writing. I'm writing a book, and it's kind of this crazy deal where a couple months before I was asked to write this book, I thought about this just in between me and God. And I was like, I would love to write a book with my mentor, Steve Shadrach. And I had never mentioned it, mentioned it to anyone. And a month later, Steve called me up and he's like, hey, bro, you want to write a book? I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yes, I think God's in this. Um, and I could go on and on. Even this week, like, I've been, I, there was one night this week, like, I literally couldn't sleep. Like, I was so, 
stoked about like what I believe God wants to do through this ministry and this thing we, we started called Campus Multiplication Network. And our vision, what I'm praying for, is that we would be used and the people that we train around the world would be used to start a thousand college ministries around the world. And like, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm excited to see how he does. And I'm, I'm stoked to see. And like even building relationships, I had a guy from Africa message me like from Nigeria, messaged me yesterday, was like, hey, I need you to coach me. I'm trying to start a college ministry at this new campus and who knows where, I don't know where, but he's like wanting to coach. So there's like this, God just goes before you. He gives you ideas, he gives you dreams, and then he fulfills those things in your life. And it looks different for every person. Every day is an adventure of submitting your will to God's will. But it starts with the little things. It starts with today. It starts with tomorrow. It starts with those little things, surrendering your will and letting him take over. The next thing is pray God's word. Pray God's word. So it follows logically that God's will, if you want to know God's will, right, you should know his word. So what better thing to do than to pray God's word? Pray the Bible. The greatest prayer warriors in history have used the Bible as a fuel for their faith, as a fuel for their prayer. They've used it as like a guide. Any of you guys read the book of Psalms? Anyone like it? I I do. It's really cool. It's basically just a book full of prayers. You can just pray those. If If you're feeling dry in your prayer life, open a psalm, any psalm, and read it and try to pray it back to God. Psalm 51 is great for repentance. Psalm 23 is great if you're just struggling with guidance and feeling like God's not with you. You can pray these psalms back to him. Last week in my quiet time, I came across this psalm. It says, Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. And this was a really impactful thing for me. And so a great way you can do this, if you come across something in your quiet time, pray it back to God. So this is how you could pray something like this back to God. You could pray something like, God, thank you for this promise. I choose to put my hope in you. Help me travel steadily down your path. Bless me in the ways you want to and protect me from evil. Boom. That is a powerful prayer. And it's not because I made it up. It's because God said, hey, these are the kind of prayers. If you want to learn how to pray, read the Psalms. Read the, look at the times that the Apostle Paul prayed for people. Ephesians 3, lots of times. He would go into these like rants. He would just be going off, you know? And he, and the, he get these little prayers. Pray the prayers in the Bible, and your prayer life is going to go through the roof. George Mueller, he's a guy that he founded an orphanage, for over a thousand orphans, and he never asked anyone for money, except for one person. That was God. <laughs> okay, he prayed, and all he literally all he did was pray. He did it as a test. He said, "I just want to see what will happen. Like I'm just going to pray, and I have faith, and I'm going to and I'm going to ask God, and He's going to provide." And so I just read a book by him. It's called Answers to Prayer. What an awesome title. What a boss, okay? Wouldn't it be so sick to have like a book that you wrote just called Answers to Prayer? (laughs) Like that would be so awesome. But one of the answers to prayer is he was sitting down with the orphans and they they didn't have anything to eat. They were sitting down for dinner. And that's kind of a problem when you have orphans and you don't have food, right? So he said, okay, guys, 
Let's pray. And one of the things the Lord commands us to pray is, give us this day our daily bread. So they prayed right there. And literally, someone knocked on the door and a bread truck broke down <laughs> right in front of their house. <laughs> what a coincidence, right? And, and so this guy, George Mueller, he saw many answers to prayer, but he said the key to growing in his prayer life was learning to meditate and pray scripture. Learning to meditate on and pray scripture. He said this, he saw, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. So he, his goal, the first thing is to get your soul right with God. Get yourself connected with God. And how did he do this? He had some struggles with this. He said it took him about 10 years to get to the place where he really felt like his quiet times were getting traction. So he said this, before this time, my practice had been, at least for 10 years previously, as a habitual thing to give myself to prayer. And after having dressed myself in the morning, I often spent an hour a half an hour or even an hour on my knees before being conscious to myself of having derived comfort and encouragement from God. And often after having suffered much from wandering of mine for the first 10 minutes or even a half an hour, I only then really begin to pray. So you get what he's saying. He's saying for the first 10 years, he wouldn't read the Bible. He would just go straight into prayer. And he said, if George Mueller has wandering of mine, the guy that saw the bread truck broke down in front of his house, that's encouraging to me. Because I don't know about you, when I pray, like, it takes me a while to get in the zone. You know, it takes me, it's, it's hard. Prayer is hard. But he said, the thing that made the difference, let's check out what he said. He said, I scarcely ever suffer now in this way. For my heart, be my heart being nourished by the Bible, being brought into experimental fellowship with God, it often now astonished me, astonishes me that I did not sooner see this point. The most important thing I had to do was give myself to reading the Word of God and to meditation on it, meaning thinking about it. After having asked in a few words of the Lord's blessing to begin meditating on the Word of God, searching, as it were, into every verse, to get blessing out of it for the sake of my soul, food for my own soul, the result I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a very few minutes, my soul had been led to confession, or thanksgiving, or intercession, or supplication, so that though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer, but to meditation, it turned almost immediately more or less into prayer. So it's kind of old language, but basically he's saying, I would study the Bible, I would pray over scripture, and then, boom, I was connected with God. I was filled with spirit. I was ready to really pray with power. The last thing I see is you want to, you want to pray specifically and persistently. You want to pray for specific things. I want to challenge you. Create a prayer list. Create things that are so big. Pray for things that are so big that they make you nervous. And then pray for the people in your life. And do it every day. Make a small prayer list first. Pray for it every day. And you're going to start seeing God do amazing things. Dawson Trotman said, Do you know why I often ask Christians what's the biggest thing you've asked God for this week? I remind them that they are going to heaven, the Father, the maker of the universe, the one who holds the world in his hands. What did you ask for? Did you ask for peanuts, toys, trinkets, or did you ask for continents? 
A great question to ask yourself is, if God answered all your prayers yesterday, how would your life be different? Would you see revival in your life? Would you see blessing in your life? Also, how would the world be different? Like if God answered everything yes to my prayers today, the country of Bangladesh would be different. You know, we, we want to see God change lives and change the world, really. And a great example of this is my wife, okay? Gotta, I've learned a lot of things from her. But a few years ago, we were doing this series called Sun Stand Still, and it's based on a, a good book called by Stephen Furtick called Sun Stand Still. And we were listening to one of the, we were just watching one of the messages. And during the message, Christy had been praying for her friend that couldn't have children. And she thought in that moment, like maybe God wants to heal this person. She, her faith was just growing as she was listening to these answers to prayer. And the next day, she got a text from her friend. And guess what? They were pregnant with triplets. <laughs> okay. What a coincidence, right? What a coincidence. When, when Christy, Christy put her on what she called, what I call, our, our Holy Ghost hit list, okay? We're, we're praying for certain things. We're praying for specific things. We're wanting to see God change lives. We're wanting to see God move. What a life to live. Don't settle for anything less than coincidences. Richard Trench Archbishop of Dublin was reportedly confronted by a skeptic who questioned his testimonies of answer to prayer. Your answers to prayer are just coincidence. Trench responded, that may be. I only know this. The more I pray, the more coincidence I have. And the less I pray, the less coincidence I experience. Your life should be full. If you're a follower of Christ, that's actually one of the promises that Jesus gives us is you will experience answer to prayer and your joy will be full. I love that. Jesus wants to show off. He wants to flex. He wants to do some things in your life that he could only get the credit for. But you have to pray. You have to pray with confidence and you have to be consistent, praying God's word, and just know he's with you every step of the way. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for these things that are in your word and this, these, that we each get to pursue you and to know you and to experience you answering prayer. And so I pray that you would do that. I pray that you would um, help each of us to get to know you better, to grow in our prayer lives, to block out time daily to be with you, and that also to practice your presence as we go through our day, that every day we would, we would, we would pursue you and know you and walk with you. And I want to just also ask, Lord, that you would make this ministry you would, you would start just giving us even more answers to prayer. You would, you would give us, you would make it just unmistakable that God is in this place, that God is in our midst. Even this year, the rest of the semester, you would do things that we didn't even expect. Lord, you would start showing off and we would just be a part of it, not for our glory, Lord, for only for your glory, that you would, you would use us, Lord. I, I, I sense that this is something you want to do. You want to Help us to experience you and to see you move in our generation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.